This is tape number 22 of Dr. Joel Hunter's series, Faith from Heaven to Earth. The subject of his message is faith and being a grandparent. And from the New American Standard, Dr. Hunter's text is found in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6. And it reads as follows. Grandchildren are the crown of old men, and the glory of sons is their fathers. And now, let's join in for praise and worship, followed by Dr. Joel Hunter's message, Faith and Being a Grandparent. Message number 22 of the series, Faith from Heaven to Earth. God, thank you so much for the heritage that you have given us. So rich, so simple, so foundational. Thank you for the people that you have sent before us to teach us that there really is importance and distinction in life. Thank you that there was a day that we could see when right was right and wrong was wrong and heaven was heaven and earth was earth and everything seemed so basic. Help us this morning, Lord, to stand on that foundation and to honor them by not only receiving the wonderful things of their faith, but passing them on to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We've been talking about how God builds faith through the stages of life. And we come to a great stage, the stage of being a grandparent. God has a wonderful role for grandparents in his economy. And the great thing about it is you don't have to be a biological grandparent in order to play that role. God has greatly affected our faith through people who have played a limited role in our life. The irony is that sometimes they more greatly affect our faith than those that were with us every day. Our grandparents our Sunday school teachers, religious leaders, aunts, uncles. Many of you have had people in your life that were only there for a brief time or only there periodically who had a magnificent effect on the way you lived your life and the way you believed in Christ. And so we come to a very simple text of the day. And that is an intergenerational text that says this in Proverbs 17, verse 6. Grandchildren are the crown of old men, and the glory of sons is their father. I want you to notice how the generations in God's economy are connected to each other. And this morning, I'm simply going to give you a very simple message in uh, the style that it used to be given. And that is to, to ask you a question. How are you passing on to others what has been bestowed upon you? One of the things that I think about when I think about uh, my grandparents was how simple their life seemed. It's not that they didn't have problems. It's that they had not yet come to a time in life when everything was so complex And everybody was trying to do 50 things at once. One of the things I remember about that generation was 
Only a couple things were really important. One was their relationship with God. And the other was their family. And people whom God had given them to love. You know, Paul, in his role as spiritual grandfather, that is occasional mentor, had that same value. He wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19, this, about what was important in his life. He says, For who is our hope, or our joy, or our crown of exultation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus that is coming? How many of you had somebody in your life that made you feel like you were the crown of their exaltation. That you were their joy. You were what mattered to them. For many of you, it was your grandparents. For some of you, it was people that, was not, that were not uh, biologically related to you. But people in the faith, people in the church, who took care of you. They took very seriously 2 Timothy 2.2. 2 that admonishes people to entrust what they've been given to other people so that they can teach others also. It's not about biology to them. It's about spiritual children and spiritual grandchildren. Some of you have had Sunday school teachers in your life that were very tender toward you. They gave up much of their time, much of their attention. Some of you have had people in your life that were... Uh, occasional um, uh, impact people. They, they, they came just for a bit. Some, some one of you wrote uh, uh, um, about uh, Miss Celeste Richardson, obviously a, a maiden lady who uh, gave her life to the Lord, and, and she was an evangelist slash children worker slash youth worker. And she came to their church one time, made a tremendous impact on the kids. Some of you have had people like that in your life. You only knew them for a section of time. But what a difference they made in your life. Some of you have had a couple that would come alongside of you and shepherd you in the faith. One of you wrote, uh, or a couple of, uh, wrote, uh, you know, when we first became Christians, it was as adults, and we were young adults, and, and we went into this church, we didn't know what we were doing, and there was this older couple that immediately came to us and kind of adopted us, you know. They took us to their Sunday school class and, and they made sure that we, we got to, to go on things that would build us up like a, a walk to Emmaus. They took us, they made sure we could do those kinds of things. Some of you have had people like that in your life. And you are immeasurably grateful. Let me ask you again. To whom are you that person? To some of you, God has blessed you richly in your biological heritage. Some of you have had these wonderful grandparents that taught them not only about the faith, but about what was uh, important uh, in industry, uh, in in, in, uh, ways to do things, uh, ways to live that made things so much more clear. One of you wrote that you had a grandmother who helped her in a time, this was a black lady, who helped her in a time of racial racial hatred 
not to hate back. And, and she, she, her favorite hymn was, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. And I had this picture of this little black girl who, while all the rest of the world was shunning her, Jesus was not. Some of you have had grandparents that, that uh, uh, sacrificed everything. They didn't have anything growing up. They didn't have what you had. But they were always ready to give you everything they had, even though they didn't have anything in the first place. You watched them go through horrible uh, shortages, and, and, they, and they, they talked about the Depression and so on and so forth. And, and you know they only had two dresses to, to their name or two uh, uh, pants and shirts, but they, but they were already ready, uh, ready to give you a present, always ready to share. And not only with you, but with neighbors also. And you watched them go through tough times, and, and you never watched them as they were saying harsh things about other people because you never heard it. It was just part of life. You just got through it and you leaned on the Lord and, and that's how you proceeded. You didn't proceed with bitterness in your soul. You proceeded with love in your soul. And you've seen it in people. Some of you have been taught to conduct your life with feeling through your grandparents or through your spiritual grandparents. I, one lady wrote a uh, card that said, My grandmother... And I can't remember what her favorite hymn was, but she was, this grandmother was completely blind. And, and as a little girl, she can remember this grandmother coming over and teaching her how to make pies. And she said, this lady said, I still make pies. And I still make the crust by feel. That's a great image for what they have taught us. For how they have taught us to live. Some of you really have the impression, and it's biblically sound, that God may not have taken you off at the knees when you deserved it, not because of you, but because of the relationship he had with your grandparents. He liked them so much, he decided not to render his full judgment on you at, at the point where you deserved it. Let me give you a scripture, uh, by the way, that says that. 1 Kings, chapter 11, starting with verse 11. You know Solomon in the Bible. He was so wise. But there were times when he turned away from God. And God's judgment was an impending judgment on his life. But look at what he says to Solomon, who is turning away. So the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days for the sake of your father David, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear all the kingdom away, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. You get what he's saying? Look, it was up to me and you, I'd take your head off right now. Because that's what you deserve. But I loved old David. And for him, I'm not going to come down on you with all four uh, knuckles. You know, I'm, I'm not going to come down on you in the way you deserve. And you know what? Even for your son, even for his grandson, I'm going to show mercy because of the relationship we had. How many of you feel like in your life you've been shown mercy because your grandparents were some of God's favorite people? And, and he, just, he just was being nice to you. 
you know? There's a biblical basis for that. I'm not sure how great the theology is, but there's a biblical basis for that. Let me ask you again. Who are you providing for spiritually? Who will be so much better off because you have had that kind of relationship with God? Do you know you need to turn in your mind from the recipient of those spiritual blessings to the provider or the conduit of those spiritual blessings. Most of you do not ever think of yourself in a grandparent role. You think, oh, I'd never get this old. You know? Guess what? You are getting that old. And you need to start intending to provide for the generations that come after you just as you've been provided for. Let me show you a mentality of that. It's in Genesis chapter 45. And it's the story of Joseph. And in this part of the story, his brothers are coming back to him. And they just recognize that the guy that they sold into slavery is second in command in Egypt. They're begging food for him. Their eyes are opened. He tells them who he is, and they're worried about getting killed. And he looks at them and says, no, no, you don't understand. You didn't do this. You thought you were doing it. But God was doing it. Look at verse 7. It says, God sent me here before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Now look at verse 10, because it wasn't only for his brothers that Joseph felt an obligation to provide. Look at verse 10. And you shall live in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children, and your children's children, and your flocks and your herds, and all that you have. You see what he's doing? He's intending to pass on for generations the blessings of God. How many of you have that mentality? Do you know you've got the power to do that? Not the least of which resides in your power to pray for them. In a book that came out not too long ago, Point Man, it's a book about spiritual leadership for men, how to be a spiritual leader in your household. Steve Farrar tells this story. Some generations ago, there was a man named George McCluskey. George decided when he became a Christian that he would not only... uh, have God in his life in order that he could cope, and in order that he could be a blessing to others in his generation, but also he decided in his time of prayer, and he decided to pray one hour a day, in that time of prayer he would pray for his wife, and for his children, and for his children's children, and for their children, and so on down the line. So every day, usually from 11 to 12, he did exactly that. Well, George got married to a Christian lady. They had two children. Two daughters. As they raised those children, those children not only accepted Christ for themselves, but they also married two ministers. Now, out of those two families, there were five children. Four daughters and one boy, one young man. Not only did everyone in that generation claim Christ as Lord and trust Him for their salvation... But all four daughters married ministers, and the young man became a pastor. Out of those families, we're down to great-grandchildren now. The first two were boys, 
They were very close as cousins. They decided when they got old enough to go to, uh, to college and room together. Uh, and they went to U- USC. Uh, and, and the one, uh, true to his heritage, became a minister. At the same time, the other decided he wouldn't become a minister. He was interested in psychology. And so he started studying psychology. However, all was not wasted. Because uh, you can imagine, you can imagine the tremendous pressure on this kid. You know, as he decides to study psychology. You know, you can just all the all you know all the families just uh, you're going to break the chain, huh? So he, but he did. He studied psychology, wrote, wrote a few books, got a a little radio program. His name was James Dobson. <laughs> this praying stuff works. How are you? Passing on to the generations to come the only really solid thing in life anymore. How are you blessing them and reminding them of that which lasts forever? You know, one of you turned in a card that has been um, also true to my experiences as, as a minister and as I, have grown, as, as I have gone over the years to visit people in the nursing home. I have watched them, and, they're, and, they're, and they become more and more disoriented, and finally uh, they come to a place where uh, they, they're just operating, uh, as, the, as the saying goes, in left field. They're just not with us anymore mentally. But one of you turned in something that, that reminded me. They said, you, you said that your grandmother was so wonderful in, in, in the establishment of your Christian life. She was in a nursing home now, and she wasn't in her right mind anymore. There were only two times... When she made sense anymore, two, two instances in which she made sense anymore. When she was singing old hymns or when she was praying. That has been true to my experience also. That when people are totally disoriented, when they begin to pray, their prayers are totally coherent. When they begin to sing those grand old hymns, they can remember the tunes and the words. How is that? It is because they have grabbed hold of that which lasts forever. How are you passing that on? And I want to just leave you with this word. It needs to be passed on so badly. You know, the world in which our children are growing up and our grandchildren are growing up is not anything like the world in which we grew up. It really isn't. The world has changed that much. People are still the same and they still have the same temptations. Some things will never change. Relationships are still important. But the circumstances are vastly different. Vastly different. You know, I can remember being brought up in a town of 1,200. A lot of us were brought up in, in, in small towns. And I can remember my mother heard one time just heard the rumor that somebody had brought marijuana in the city limits. I could not go out of that house for days until she tracked that rumor down as a false one. I'm telling you, it's a different world now. And you know that. How badly do these people need to be prayed for? How badly do we need to establish in their life some spiritual blessing that will somehow affect their lives? When God chooses to give them faith, they are prepared because they've been prayed for. You know, I, I uh, 
many days during the week I'll be able to uh, carve out an hour or so during the day where I can just go running. And uh, my routine is I'll go running and then uh, come back. And we live in an apartment complex, and so uh, I'll just go down to the pool and, you know, rinse off and dive in and kind of cool down. It's very interesting living in an apartment complex and hearing the conversations that go on about you, especially at the pool area. (laughs) What people don't realize, but Jesus did, you remember when Jesus got in a boat and pushed off from shore so that he could preach to the people? What he knew was that water is a conduit, is, is a reflector of sound waves, and it amplifies the sound. Remember that, please, when you're standing in a pool and talking quietly. Because everyone around that pool can hear you. And that was my experience the other day. I was at the pool and I was, I was just trying to cool down so I could go back to work. And, and uh, there were a couple of young girls standing in the pool and they were talking quietly with one another. And it just I heard the whole conversation. These young girls uh, were dancers. Uh, Dancers. <laughs> and, and the conversation was, you know, pretty typical, pretty, you know, as so funny. He got drunk and he did this, and oh, he gave her this, and you know, she got that out of him, and, you know, just pretty typical stuff, you know. But there came a time in the conversation when one of them said, You know what I saw the other day? I saw the sweetest thing. She said, and I kind of cry at this because it breaks my heart for this girl. She said, I saw this old couple walking along together, holding hands. And and when they went in the door, he was opening the door for her. And at that point, she just stopped. And so did all of the crap that she had just been talking about. Because she said, you know, I want that someday. You know the chances of her getting that in the circumstances in which she now finds herself are almost none. But we need to pray. We need to look for times when we can bring up young men that will give spiritual leadership and nurturance and love and love people for just who they are and stay long term with people we need to pray for young women that they could have the only thing in the world that lasts and that's their faith in God and the only thing that can carry them above all the garbage in the world we need to pray let's pray right now God we do pray for those people. We pray, Lord Jesus, that somehow you would use us. Every chance we get, even if it's a momentary chance, even if it's just a periodic time, to make the deposit of a spiritual gift into other people's lives. Lord, we pray that we could be to someone else what our grandparents or our Sunday school teachers or even just a Christian example was to us, so that they can have the remnant of blessing that we have gotten from them. Lord, use us, even in a limited way, we pray 
In Jesus' name, amen.